One thing to, to say about that is that a lot of Bitcoin transactions, at least in one of the papers I've read, it said that a lot of their transactions are not economically meaningful, but it's people just trying to move funds around to try and gain some privacy. Um, so it might not be, you know, that, that might not be entirely uh, reliable to think that that Monero is necessarily that far. You know, it might be more like 20, 30, 40 percent of Bitcoin's economically meaningful transactions. Um, so there is that to consider. This week on Monero Talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. And by Stealth EX, an instant exchange where privacy is the top concern. Go to StealthEX.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits. Making Stealth EX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever. By typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Tuman interviews body anarchists, an active participant in the Monero discourse on Twitter and Reddit, providing insights on the Monero price action. The two discuss what happened this past year in Monero and the crypto space and what they are looking forward to in 2023. They talk about how central exchanges conspired against Monero, the effects of Monero on RandomX and the recent hard fork on the ecosystem, the positive culture of the Monero community, why Body foresees an inevitable increase in transaction count and price action, the IRS bounty, and much more. Monero Talk starts now. All right, Body. What's going on, man? Welcome to Monero Talk. I don't think I ever had you on as a Monero Talk guest, right? No, but uh, man, I, I really feel honored. You gave me the um, the end of the year review spot. That's uh, you know, that's quite a, a big spot. Hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully, I wrote down and prepared enough all the things that happened in Monero. What well earned, man. Since since uh, you know, I, I thought you were impressive from the from the day I met you. Um, you know, uh, when we met at Monerotopia. And learning who you were from Reddit, always was impressed by you. But since working with you more, uh, I'm ever more impressed, man. You have uh, an amazing grasp of the crypto space and Monero in particular. Very thanks, impressed. brother. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was I, I wanted to bring you on because I thought uh, we could we could talk about you know what happened this past year in 2022 with regards to Monero, obviously, and maybe, you know, the, the wider crypto space and, and the economy in general, whatever, whatever that leads, uh, particularly Monero, though, like what, what we achieved. And then maybe we could talk a little bit about what we might uh, be looking forward to. Yeah, sounds good. Any uh, any place you want to get started in particular? Um, no, I mean, obviously, so I guess big, like big things that come to mind with just Monero is, you know, uh, you know, the price transaction count, hash power. Um, I guess we could, we could talk about those basic metrics. You want to get into that? Sure. Yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, I'm kind of a price guy. That's, that's really where I spent a lot of my time on Reddit was in the, uh, XMR trader sub. So I think this year we accomplished some really big stuff price wise. We've been fighting an uphill battle against some pretty nefarious forces, 
it seems like CZ with Binance um, and quite a few of the other exchanges had conspired to fractionally reserve Monero. I think this goes all the way back to, uh, to 2020 when they, I think it was a pre-planned delisting event with Bittrex. Uh, this is a bit of old news, but I think what they did is they wanted to create the narrative because they didn't get Monero for free. You know, we kicked out ASICs. I don't think it's any accident that the moment that RandomX went live, it was just a few months after that, that we saw these price attacks on Monero. And so this year with the people that organized the money run, I think we finally cleaned these exchanges out of any lingering Monero they might've had. And at this point, it just seems like price is just step, 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 step. You know, we're going up the stairs and I'm not sure that they can stop it at this point, not without perhaps resorting to some very drastic measures. Um, so and you I think, think that's- We've kind of uh, won against those who are trying to, to print Monero? Um, I'd say that we've won the more important battles. Uh, D-Day has, you know, we've gotten our, our beachhead now. Uh, we're making advancements. You know, the war is definitely not over, but I, I think that the critical battles have been won. At this point, it's just a matter of time. And what what allowed us to, to win? Obviously, we had our, you know, those days where everybody pulled their Monero off the exchanges. But, but, but what really changed in the ecosystem that's now, you know, moving this in our favor? I'm not sure that I'm sure if I really thought about it, I could point out a few things that are like the big, the big events that sort of brought us there, like, for example, the money run. But I think it's just the steady improvements that we've seen repeatedly with Monero over the years. RandomX was a big deal. Um, the recent hard fork that we did in August. Did I have that right? August? I know we delayed for a couple of weeks there. Um, but just like continual steady adoption, continual improvements, continually getting the message out there. And I think having a core crowd of people that that are very mm, they're very adamant about the principles of digital freedom money. We we don't have people like sure we have moon boys. I'm you know I would like to be a moon boy. We didn't moon quite as much as I would like, but <laughs> we have people that really do follow the principles of freedom and privacy. We have a community full of people that are fairly technically oriented, and over time that just shows it shines through all of the noise. We get a bunch of scams and other stuff that come and go. But Monero has just been so consistent that, I mean, in a lot of ways, I think it's kind of just a matter of time um, that we were going to reach this. But this was always going to happen simply because of the nature of our community and contrasted against the rest of cryptocurrency. Yeah. And as part of that, I think that the culture of, you know, hold your own keys, right? Uh, I think that in Monero more, more than any other crypto, obviously in Bitcoin too. But I feel like in Monero, people even take that more seriously. Uh, yeah. And then with just uh, events taking place that have opened people's eyes to the issue with centralized exchanges, right? Uh, what we saw with FTX, people realizing that it's probably not smart to keep your keys on exchanges. And that I feel like kind of aligns very well with the Monero ethos. I think Monero does a great job at, at spreading that meme. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've seen other other currencies now trying to copy our whole fractional reserve, you know, cause we, at first we had some suspicions and then it started developing. Then when Binance in 2021 shut down withdrawals for 10 days and, and we saw this stuff come to light, we were like, okay, we had suspected this might be happening, but that was really kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. So we started understanding, we started researching with the mind to understand what was happening with this fractional reserve. And now we see, 
I've seen more and more some of the Bitcoiners and, and other coiners talk about how, oh, well, the exchanges are fractionally reserved and on our coins and X, Y, and Z. And, uh, you know, Monero, we're just kind of like, yeah, we were, we were pulling our keys off the exchange. We were talking about fractional reserve before it was cool, you know, before the major price crashes. Um, but uh, let's see, what else do we have here? I wrote down a whole bunch of things. Oh, transaction counts. That's one thing I've, I actually wanted to look up for this interview. I think we probably set more transaction counts than 2021, but we need to verify that. It seemed like the, the hard fork kind of put a dent in our transaction counts. We temporarily dipped um, back in August, and it seems like we've had some trouble recovering. But at the same time, we're in the middle of a bear market. Uh, Monero is finally making long periods of time, multiple days at a time, where we're ahead of both Bcash and Doge. So that's nice. Yeah. So what are we what are we at in terms of Bitcoin? We're at like 10%. Are we near the 10%? Let me look this up just so I can uh, make sure I've got it right. But yeah, I think we're about 10%. We seem to be hovering around 20,000. Um, wow, we took a big dip recently. Um, yeah, we've kind of been hovering between 15 and 30,000 for the past, um, looks like for the past five, six months now. Where but one thing, go ahead. One thing to to say about that is that a lot of Bitcoin transactions, at least in one of the papers I've read, it said that a lot of their transactions are not economically meaningful, but it's people just trying to move funds around to try and gain some privacy. Um, so it might not be, you know, that, that might not be entirely uh, reliable to think that that Monero is necessarily that far. You know, it might be more like 20, 30, 40 percent of Bitcoin's economically meaningful transactions. Um, so there is that to consider. Yeah, and especially um, you know, if you also just take out speculation, right? So a lot of the Bitcoin movements are people moving in and on and off exchanges, right? Um, yeah. How many? How many? You know, how many people are actually using Bitcoin for digital cash purposes to make transactions versus Monero? I would hypothesize that Monero has a higher percentage there than than the ten percent, right? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I have nothing. It would definitely be speculative, no yeah. doubt. So, where where do you think Monero's going in terms of transaction count? Do you have any kind of thoughts there? Like, where where you know is is the tr the trend is obviously up, but like, what what do you think we might see this year in twenty twenty three? Well, I've been expecting that we should get a big price pump at some point this year. Should break a bunch of the um, a bunch of the resistances coming up. I think if that happens, we should see transaction counts begin to increase, especially if Monero has significant price increases, and I think it will. Um, I'm even very optimistic about Monero price, even in the face of cryptocurrency still having overall bigger problems. Um, again, because it just seems like the fundamental forces happening, the organic purchases, the organic usage of Monero continues to go up. Although the transaction counts have, they do seem to have leveled off uh, as of the past maybe six to 12 months. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily a huge problem. You know, I think we all expect transaction counts to continue going up. But of course, it's very speculative, right? I can't say for sure what's going to happen in the future. We could have a bear market that lasts for some considerable, considerable period of time. If that does, we might not get brand new adoption. So like we might be able to pull some people from cryptocurrency in general to, to try and you know, get them onto Monero. It's going to be harder to get people with new adoption unless they have like a pressing need for it in the face of a bear market. Um, so overall, you know, I mean, I, I think the fundamentals speak for themselves. I think we, we should do pretty good in transaction counts. Um, but for now, we're a little bit flat. 
So hopefully we can start going back up again soon. Yeah, I haven't taken so, but Bitcoin is arguably flat too. I imagine right now, like you said, I mean the market is down, right? Bitcoin flattened out at like two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand, and it's just stayed there for years. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> In fact, it's but again seventy five percent of that, um, according to at least one research paper, is not economically meaningful. Right, right. Do you think we'll see um, Monero's dynamic? Blocks, uh, blocks in action. You think uh, this could be the year where we start to see the dynamic block kick <laughs> in? Um, perhaps, maybe. I, uh, I don't know. I guess I could offer some hope. Hopium, like absolutely, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> yeah, any, anybody listening in? Uh, just, just tweet this out. Let's, let's get the word out a little bit. So we're going to continue to interview Body. Give the 2022 report review and then we'll you know we'll also talk about what we expect for the future so uh, just spread the word out um so we, we talked about transaction count obviously price you want to talk about price or you know there's other things Hash, what, what do you have on your list there oh uh, i'll just go from the top um so let's cover exactly what happened with the hard fork um we went to from 11 to 16 mixins so that would be your real output and then 15 decoys um Changed the output selection algorithm just a little bit, thanks to the work of Rucknium. Um, I, would, I don't know if he's, he's not exactly a new guy. He's been around for a couple of years, but um, uh, statistics guy. So it's great that, um, that we have some more people reviewing that. Um, let's see, we, the sync times are reduced by about 40% now for any transactions that happen after the fork. Uh, and I've noticed that on Cake Wallet, for example, my synchronization times are much faster. Uh, and then we got Bulletproof Plus, which improves um, oh, it's a 5% improvement on, I think it's the speed, uh, or no, sorry, transaction size, 5% improvement on transaction size, which is one thing that helped us to be able to increase from 11 to 16 ring members. Mm -hmm. So that was the, the quick and dirty on the hard fork that happened back in August. And then the, yeah, the real increase in, in download or downloading of the blockchain came with the view tags, right? Because we could, we yeah. could scan the history faster. That's right. The uh, view tags make the sync, sync time faster. Yeah, that was that was that was a major breakthrough. Um, any anything else we want to talk about in terms of upgrades? I think that was it, right? Those are like the majors. Yeah, this year I don't think we got any other major. Yeah, we didn't really have any other major upgrades, a unless you consider mine XMR shutting their doors <laughs> after briefly gaining fifty percent of the hash power. Um, that's not really an upgrade, but it encouraged a few more people to use pe uh, peer to pool. P2 yeah, we can talk about that. P2 pool, right? That's something else that we've seen evolve quite a bit this year, right? Was it, was yeah. it launched this year or was it was around longer than that, right? Yeah. It was last year. Yeah. But this year, I feel like we really saw some some traction, right? I think even recently, I saw people talking about a, a nice little bump up in percentage. We are, I believe we're at all-time highs in terms of P2 pool usage. Um, I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I, I don't think it's integrated into the GUI wallet. I think we'll get significantly more adoption once, if and when that happens. Um, although I remember asking the question on Reddit and it seemed like at least one or two of the devs, um, while they thought it was important, it wasn't to them uh, like a very pressing issue. Um, but yeah, we have seen P to pool usage increase, not as much as we would like. I think it's still like the number four, the number five pool in usage right now. But um, that was really, that was quite the thing for mine XMR to shut down their pool. Um, 
Like, so when we talk about having a community that's just above and beyond or head and shoulders above the rest of the other communities we see in crypto, these guys are making plenty of money running this pool. And then when they started gaining more than 50% hash power, they tried to fix it by increasing their fees to discourage people from using them. And then ultimately they just shut their doors and said, no, we're not gonna be a pool anymore. And it seems like they did this because they wanted to make sure that there wasn't a single pool with greater than 50% hash power. Mm -hmm. um, so it's unfortunate because it's not, it's really not an ideal kind of thing, right. you know, to have just two pools that could be 50% or one pool. And um, you'll see a lot of the cryptocurrency ecosystem and often a lot of haters will kind of latch onto that as like, oh, well, look, you know, Monero is so centralized. Usually it's the maximalist saying that because, you know, of course, Bitcoin is extraordinarily decentralized, right? Uh, but then you point out, well, hey, three of your pools, between three and four of your pools are enough to gain 50% of the hash power. Is it really that big a difference to gain control of two pools to gain control of 50% of the hash power versus three pools? Right. I don't think so. It's it's really, or four, it might be four pools. And it's, it's marginally different. And plus we have a solution that's gaining traction. I know they have their own kind of version, right? I think that they invented the concept in, in Bitcoin, right? That's the idea of P2 pool, but it hasn't yeah. really gained traction. I'm looking at the number. Yeah, and Traceable had tweeted today actually saying in July, uh, P2 pool had only 3% of the total network cash rate. Today, it has 11%. So, Wow, that's, that's really good. That's pretty significant. I think in Bitcoin, it's it's like a fraction of a percentage, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I'd have to take a look at it, um, but I don't think it's very high. And of course, we're, you know, they're dealing with ASICs. They're dealing with large corporations that operate at the permission of government and their preferred jurisdiction. Um, so like, why do they have that much of an incentive to, um, to use P2Pool? Yeah. Did we see any other updates uh, in Monero with or anything to mention of significance with regard to mining? Anything you think? I mean, RandomX is, is chugging along. Uh, hash I think our mining our hash rate is kind of topped out lately. Although I need to, maybe I can check that real quick. Average hash per day. Um, this always takes a second. But I think our hash rate is basically kind of topped out recently. It, it hasn't been. Yeah, actually, we've kind of been going down just a little bit. We're, we're down maybe, what are these numbers here? We're down maybe like 50%, not, not quite 50%, maybe like 40% um, from like our all-time high random X hash power. Hmm. And so, I mean, we, that has a lot to do with just the price of Monero, right? Like, so it's just not very profitable I, to find Monero. I've seen people do studies that, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's correlated to, uh, it's correlated to Monero's price. I would imagine that, yeah, if we had a higher price, we'd have significantly higher hash power, which is, you know, I, personally, I think that it would be better if we had like 10x, 100x the current hash power that we do. Um, that's kind of another unfortunate byproduct of these price attacks that we've had is that people don't have as big of an incentive to mine Monero. At the same time, I think overall, we're the network is fairly secure. So one thing people like to do is say, oh, well, Bitcoin has all of this hash power and you know, Monero is a fraction of it. And of course, we always respond with, well, they're totally different algorithms. A CPU mining algorithm is not an ASIC. One hash in Monero is not equivalent to another hash. So really, it's come down, it comes down to a question of which one costs more to attack? And then specifically, how much market cap are you guarding 
with a certain level of cost to attack the network. So I think it's a good idea to divide by market cap. And when you do that, Monero looks like, and I, just a cursory glance I did a few months ago, I really didn't dive deep into it, but a cursory glance, it did look like Monero had a very high um, ratio of how much it costs to attack the network versus the market cap. So, or a very, I should say beneficial or good ratio in that regard as compared to like Bitcoin or some other coins. Yeah, it's just so disingenuous when they just call out the the hash rate for for Bitcoin as to say it's you know something that can't be overcome, and to try to then compare it to Monero when it's really you know apples and oranges. This, you really can't compare those two, right? Yeah, we all we often it seems like we have to deal with the, um, and it almost seems like they know they're doing it. Like they know it's not exactly not just on that issue, but on a lot of issues. It seems like. It's been an exercise in patience for me personally over the years to... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they definitely know, right? And I think we've learned that it's just not always best to engage because they're not looking to... They, they already know what, what the pros and cons are, but they've decided to ignore uh, the Monero pros because they, you know, they got their bags. It's as simple as that, is the way I look at it, you know? And I, I think... Yeah. Uh, you know, people in Monero are, are guilty of it as well, right? Um, it's it's hard yeah. to be completely open-minded. But I think Monero, I mean, this is anecdotal, but I do feel like Monero does a better job at being self-skeptical, right? Let's talk about that. I feel like Monero uh, historically has done well at that. Do you think we're still doing a good job at that? Or is there, is there uh, you know, uh, Monero maximalism growing among us? Are, are we... Are we still being open-minded, unbiased people, or are we starting to uh, drink our own Kool-Aid a little too much? Uh, I think that the people that have been around for a while still do tend to take a, a self-critical approach um, and uh, an adversarial mindset to, to try and make sure that we're not getting ahead of ourselves, we're not making statements that are you know, exaggerating or, or going beyond. Uh, I think we do have new people coming into the ecosystem and it, it is definitely something that happens in cryptocurrency where you're, you've got your bags, you're going to save the world, your HODL will save the world, bro, um, stuff like that. And so I am seeing a little bit more of a tendency towards some of the, the emotional, you know, all of that kind of thing. But um, I think overall, we still do a pretty good job. I try and do my part whenever I see uh, maybe over exuberant Monero maximalish kind of people to to chime in and say, well, you know, let's be careful. Let's let's not go too far. Um, I think we have a very natural kind of um, resistance against that, or or natural immunity towards that, having seen it happen so much from the Bitcoin side, and many of us having come from Bitcoin maximalism or something like that. So I, I think we've got a good chance of, of not being like that over the years. Do you think? How do you think Monero should think about its its culture moving forward? So, are, are we doing the right thing, or you think there's there's little things we could do to change it? You know, kind of our our self branding and how we see ourselves, what we're focused on. I think you know uh, this idea of being focused on use Monero, right? Don't don't hold Monero. I sure you can hold Monero. There's no reason why theoretically it can't be an amazing investment, but you should really be looking at it first as this this tool for transacting on the internet? I'm okay with looking at it both ways. I think it was a really good way to start out. It was a good way to set the tone of a community that that 
isn't acting like all the rest of the communities that are, yeah. you know, kind of being silly. Um, at the same time, like speculation is a use case, like let's be real. Um, and a way to store value is a use case. Uh, I personally hodl plenty of Monero myself. So I would kind of be a hypocrite if I said only, you know, don't focus on hodling Monero, focus on using it. And I do try to use it anywhere that I can. Um, but I I'm okay if we, if we venture a little bit into the price forays. Yeah, no, same here. Same here. I think, I do think it's, it's good to, to focus on the transactional nature just because it's, it's easier to talk across communities uh, when, when you talk in those terms as well. Right. So what do you mean by cross communities? Well, across the to to talk to the Bitcoin community, right? So if you start, if you talk about Monero more as a, as a tool for for transacting, uh, they're more open to that conversation than being than you know the it's a store of value conversation. Yeah, I think that's actually a clever backdoor into the Bitcoin community because they'll be like, well, we're digital gold, and you know every all shit coins die to Bitcoin over long periods of time. They're like. Oh yeah, yeah, that's okay. You know, you guys can be the digital gold, but you know, just just use this transactionally. You know, to protect your privacy. No, no big deal. <laughs> Little do they realize that. How loud was that? Was is, is, we're supposed to What's keep? That? Should we not be having this conversation out loud? That's like the secret Monero plan. I mean, it's, it's yeah, so you know, that's a good point. But it, it's 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 true. I mean. And you see the the Bitcoin community, uh, a large sector of it, being very open to talking about Monero as useful for purely transactional purposes. Which, in my mind, it drives me a little crazy because I'm like, well, how can you only see? It doesn't make sense, right? If you if you think it's a utility for transacting, um, it's doing a large part of what crypto was meant to do, and it's obviously doing it better than most. If you're saying you should use it for those purposes then why would you not also think it's inevitably going to go up in value, right? It's, you, yeah. you literally can't have one without the other. But uh, hey, if it works. Yeah, we're, we're fighting narratives, you know, and <laughs> narratives are the kind of thing that get entrenched emotionally and tribally. And, you know, you want to save the world and you want to get rich while doing it. I, I get it. I understand it. Me too, you know. What do you, I mean, this is a tough question. What do you see as being some of the potential big narratives in 2023? in crypto? Mm, that's a good one. I haven't really thought about that too much. Um, probably the first one, bear market is over, right? We bottomed. Uh, things are good to go. You'll probably see, I mean, the self-custody narrative is really starting to, to take shape um, or I, maybe we should say re-emerge. Hmm, what else might we see is, in, in cryptocurrency or Monero or both, I guess? I guess let's start with crypto or, you know, if you, if you have thoughts on either. I mean, it, it's, it's a tough question. Obviously, I'm asking you to predict the future here. But, um, yeah, any, any big, large themes that come to mind? Oh, uh, nothing off the top of my head. I guess probably stuff that centers around fraud, you know, how to, how to avoid the fraud, who to trust, who not to trust. Um, they're gonna, there's gonna have to be some kind of like saving narratives, like things were bad, price was bad, but, uh, you know, you'll probably see a lot of the, if you don't love me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best, you know, with the, you know, with the worst part being at the, the bottom wicks and, you know, the other side of that, that equation, probably see a lot of that. You'll probably see a lot of lightning network, a lot of pushes for the lightning network, um, Maybe there'll be some kind of resurgence about how private lightning lightning is. Um, I had a debate today with someone on Twitter about 
uh, and they actually accept Monero. So we're, you know, they're not unfriendly towards Monero, but they were kind of pushing that, that um, Lightning Network is private. And from everything I can see, it's really not. Now, it might be more private in an interpersonal sense, but I don't think it's private from chain analysis. It doesn't look that way. So we might see some of that reemerge. If, if Binance and Tether survive, then probably we'll see like a big push, like almost bot pushed narratives on Twitter uh, in terms of like, oh, well, you're just a hater and, you know, they survived and clearly that, you know, they didn't die. So they're not a scam. Tether's not a scam. And, you know, like cheesy is amazing. Right. Um, so probably we'll see some narratives uh, evolve in that regard. Uh, personally, I, I'm not convinced one way or another if, if Binance survives or if Tether collapses or not. They're, they could be a metastable fraud at this point. Like, that's very possible. Do you think there'll be some backlash from the Bitcoin community? Like we were just talking about how, you know, the just use Monero is, is a good meme, right? It kind of gets gets your foot in the door in the Bitcoin community. But do you think with, with the, you know, the, this effort behind making the Lightning Network a, you know, a real uh, tool for transacting privately as well, do you think we're going to start to see a backlash from that community kind of against Monero? You know, like why is why is anybody using Monero? It's obviously we 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 always hear hits of it. You know, it's a shit coin. Why are you using it? But like now more than ever, with as they try to push Lightning, because right, there it's could like, be it, it's kind of a di- it's kind of a direct competitor with the Lightning Network. I don't see much like that. Might be the idea in a lot of people's heads that that there is this competition, but I don't see much overlap in the particular places that are sort of. Um, famously known where lightning and or Monero are used. Like for example, the dark nets, nobody uses lightning in the dark net markets. There's, right. I'm sure you could find me like some dark nets that have a lightning option. There's probably exists, but by and large people are using Monero. It's just like everybody knows and is really starting to understand that if you want to protect your own balls, like you're going to have to use Monero. Like you just don't want to take the chance on using Bitcoin or lightning or anything when you're in a very adversarial environment. Uh, we saw that with the Canadian trucker protest this year. And regardless of what anyone thinks about, you know, the righteousness or the evil of whatever cause they were doing, it was very clear that the donation addresses were doxed, that those addresses went to government agencies, and that it was hard for people to cash out the cryptocurrency that they received, except for Monero. That was easy for them to get. You know, another another story I saw when I was looking at um, this year's history Ukraine um, apparently accepted Monero as well. They added Monero to their uh, list of, of coins that they'll accept. So that was pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that was a big moment. Uh, the truck trucker rally was a big moment. Do you think we'll see any catalysts like that? I mean, obviously, once again, hard to predict, but given where things are headed, uh, <laughs> could, there, could there be you know, one of these catalysts that, that take place this year in terms of people realizing the need for censorship-resistant money? Well, we see new catalysts every single year, so it'd be hard for me to imagine that this year wouldn't be the same. For the past two, three, four years, we just keep seeing over and over and over and over again all of the reasons why you should be using Monero. And these hard lessons are finally being learned. It looks like people are finally understanding that, yeah, when you're in an environment that even that might be adversarial, you really just want to go with Monero. And I think that since there is no more fractional reserve ratios to to go deeper into, 
I don't know if that's a great way to phrase that, but since the exchanges are basically out of Monero, I don't think they're going to be able to stop the price increases as this happens. So it could actually be a year where we see major catalysts and people will say, oh my God, this, it might just be like a regular catalyst, but because they can't suppress the price anymore, or they have very limited mechanisms to suppress the price, it might be one of these things where we see some of these catalysts, the same kind that we've seen the past few years, but that it could have major price impacts. Um, or maybe it could be something as simple as the Gox coin. I know I kind of, I won't shut up about the Gox coin, but it's very possible that we could see this release of the Gox coin and it only takes half a percent, 1% of that Bitcoin getting moved into Monero for, for us to see some pretty big price explosions. When, so when, yeah, I think yes. When are we supposed to see the Gox coin? Like what's the potential? Nobody knows. It's okay. It was supposed to be like, was it uh, Carpellis said, at the beginning of this year, he said that it would be like maybe at the beginning of fall. And then that came and went and didn't happen. They are proceeding. They're finally like the Gox trustee was silent for like six to nine months this year. Didn't say anything. And finally, they started collecting the information that people or that they need to pay people out. And the way that's going to happen is they're going to um, the Gox trustee is going to transfer all the Bitcoin that are going to get paid out to the exchanges that people have signed up for. So predominantly, that appears to be Kraken, just um, just from a sampling of what I've seen on uh, on Reddit and different places. So I think most of that's going to go to Kraken. But you know, you don't want to be the Gox trustee and then have to set up all of these systems to distribute Bitcoin. No, you just send that to an exchange that knows how to do that. It should be 2023. This should happen 2023. It's the it's the early lump sum payout is what they call it. There will be another payout like three, four five years maybe we're not quite sure there's and pending how, court cases what's that what, what's like the estimated value of, of what this, this payout's going to be oh i don't know i haven't seen any estimates the total amount of bitcoin that they have is 141,000, and oh. also bch now i don't know how much of that will go to the early lump sum payment i'm just going to take a wild ass gas and say uh, half of that so maybe seventy thousand. wow that's very significant and you're yeah, and saying most of that it's going to be distributed through Kraken or you're saying a lot of people will go to Kraken? What's the Kraken tie in here? Oh, okay. So people have to register on an exchange and they've got to provide their information to the Gox trustee about which exchange do they want to receive their Bitcoin. Um, you can choose to receive it all in fiat if you want, but for the people that want to receive back their Bitcoin, they are only going to get distributed through an exchange. This is a protection mechanism so that the Gox trustee doesn't have to create a bunch of systems to distribute Bitcoin to, I don't know, thousands of uh, different people. And so online, it appears that most headlines, most comments I'm seeing, it looks like people are opting to go with Kraken as their uh, as their exchange custodian. Right. And Monero is listed on Kraken. So you might see some people that are, are just coming into their newfound Bitcoin or their refound Bitcoin and decide, you know, maybe putting some of that into Monero. Yeah. It's funny. We're with the whole FTX saga. We're going to see this Gox thing play out again over the next like five to 10 years. Yeah, They're probably like a copy paste. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Are there any other big events like that on the horizon? Like uh, any U.S. auctions taking place? I don't know if I've really been following that too too closely like are there coins to be auctioned off yeah the two main ones that stand out in my mind are the um the bitfinex coin that was found those uh that couple that uh, i don't know it's not we're not entirely sure how they got pwned but they pwned themselves somehow 
Um, so that was like, I don't know, I want to say 100,000, 110, 20,000. Uh, and then there was some additional Silk Road coins. I think it was 47,000, maybe 50,000 coins that were seized. Um, this guy, oh my God, he is like, he's the perfect example. He, for the most part, it seems like he knew what he was doing. He understood security. He'd been in the game for quite a while. He, uh, I'm going to get this wrong probably, um, he pwned his privacy with a change address. He, he had um, a bunch of Bitcoin that he had from the Silk Road. He hacked it. He didn't really hack it. It's just he saw that there was this bug where like if he deposited and then tried to withdraw within like five seconds, it would let him withdraw five times as much as he deposited. So he did this a bunch of times and got like almost 50,000 Bitcoin. And so this hack uh, had gone undiscovered, not undiscovered, but it, no one knew who he was until just a few months ago, or maybe it was six months ago. Anyways, the thing that got him pwned, he had a cluster of addresses that were associated to his name on an exchange. And then he had all the, the Bitcoin that he lifted off of Silk Road. On some change address where he was transferring some coin, he accidentally used a change address that was associated with his real identity that he had on a crypto exchange. And that's how he got busted. We're talking about a guy that got away with it for like six or eight years, something like that. And just one screw up, one screw up eight years after the fact and he's over, he's done. Like, could there be a better uh, advertisement for why you should use Monero? What? Yeah. What? What are Bitcoiners? How do they even respond to that? It's just like, what? <laughs> right. What, what are they saying? Like, he, he just what? He just didn't do things the right way. Is that basically? Yeah. Basically screwed up. Like, if that guy can't do it, probably ninety-nine percent of y'all can't do it know, either. Do you know his name? Uh, I don't remember his name now. We should try to do some kind of show on that. I forgot about that. That that was big. Oh, you could even get him on the show. That would be awesome. I don't know if he can yeah. if he's yeah. in jail or not right now. You're not. Yeah. Well, this is the guy that hacked. That you're saying that hacked Silk Road. Yeah, at least one of them. Yeah, there, I think there was a few. Do you love coffee and Monero as much as we do? Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans. And if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, gratuitous, and Monero. Um... Yeah, but uh, what are some other some other big themes that you see coming up? How about like regulation, right? That could be something. Oh yeah. Well, might... as long as you have me on, I, I would love to give my rant on Tornado Cash, if, if that's okay. Yeah. Sure. So um, the Tornado Cash incident to me is is one of these things where they have, I believe, they have the legal pretext. Now, like governments typically do, they'll take that pretext and they'll take it as far as they can. Um, Nevertheless, I think this is something that we should fight against because it's like you want to fight them far away from your own home turf, right? We don't want to have to fight for Monero's right to exist in the courts here um, and, and across the world. It's better if we're fighting for tornado cash and say, hey, these guys are fine, legally speaking, y'all have crossed the line and we should fight that battle like to the nth degree. Um, we really should. Because if we can establish the legitimacy of Tornado Cash and, and keep them out of hot water, then Monero, I think, is beyond question um, 
legal. Nevertheless, the problem with Tornado Cash is that it's fundamentally speaking, technologically speaking, what you're doing with Tornado Cash is something very different than what you're doing with Monero. In Tornado Cash, you have these transparent addresses that are publicly known to be from criminals and they are inputting funds into a common pool, into a common account that you are also inputting your funds to. You are knowingly mixing your funds with people that are known criminals. So it's like you're allowed to have privacy, but you're not allowed to aid and abet criminals to gain their privacy while you're getting your own. And so in the process of mixing your funds, actively participating in this, you've now tainted your coin and you have no plausible deniability. With Monero, you have a very different situation. You're never mixing your funds. You can provably demonstrate that your funds were always segregated from other people. You're only using mix-ins, mix-in decoys with your transactions. And furthermore, all of the decoys that you're using, right, all of the outputs on the blockchain that you're using as decoys to your own transaction, those are truly neutral. You, no one really knows with any certainty which outputs belong to who and whether that's with nefarious activity or not. So not only are you not mixing your funds, but the decoys you use are neutral and, and aren't a thing where you're actively participating in the mixing of funds. I think in a legal sense, this separates Monero significantly. I think it makes Monero much stronger and resilient against legal attack. But at the same time, I think we just saw a few weeks ago where uh, Senator Warren and a couple, one or two of her friends decided to introduce that bill where they, um, they mm -hmm. specifically call out privacy coins. And it looks like they are trying to, to label nodes, people that run nodes and mining pools as money transmitters, which, you know, that would totally destroy the entire ecosystem. Now, I don't think they're going to win. I think it's, it's an absurd claim for them to make, but it could be one of these things where like they're pushing as hard as they can to get this. And after negotiation, you know, they still got some extra legislation passed that might be um, adversarial or negative to the aims of Monero and cryptocurrency in general. I think that it's very likely that the FTX event, I shouldn't say likely, I should say, we should suspect that it's possible that this FTX event was maybe some kind of pre-planned thing. Who knows exactly what it was? At a minimum, they are going to leverage this to try and pass as much new regulation as they possibly can, even though they already have the laws that they need to go after fraud and crime. Like they don't need any new regulation, but they're, they're probably going to use it to grandstand. So I think you're right. That will be a theme we'll see this year much more than we saw in the past years. And I think that these legal things that are happening could actually have teeth much more than we've seen in the past. I've seen crypto people kind of, whenever some new red legislation comes out, no one reads it. They just read the headline, whatever Coindesk said or whatever. And they'll be like, oh my God, you know, it's it's all falling. They're they're trying to, to kill crypto. And it's like, well, no, they're just kind of doing little things that, that's pretty... Like that's not really that big a deal, but this one that Senator Warren tried to do is a really big deal. It's, in my opinion, it's criminal in nature what they're doing. So it's, it's why I ran for Congress, man, in 2020. And if I would have kept running, I would have been getting inaugurated in like a week. The guy who, who ran in that race this year in that same seat as a Republican flipped the seat for the first time, kind of ever. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think I think we're gonna see some things go down this year in terms of rate. It could could it potentially, I wonder, work out to Monero's benefit a little bit if they they just kind of ramp up on regulating, uh, you know, forcing um, basically uh, exchanges and anybody who provides 
tools to pr provide any data they have on the use of the crypto, right? So, and with Bitcoin, you you can do that, but with Monero, you can't. So effectively, they'll they'll implement whatever, even if they implement, you know, turn try to implement KYC AML on on you know nodes or or mining farms. Um, you know, it would be harder to do that with Monero and just kind of be like, well, hands up, you know, and it may take place and but it may affect Bitcoin, right? It would affect Bitcoin deeply because it would, you know, it's a traceable ledger that combined with, with these regulations would effectively nullify it. And then you would just have Monero there standing there, uh, you know, unaffected. And the only thing, the way it would be stopped then is at that point, if they literally banned privacy coins, right? Quote, unquote, privacy yeah. coins. That would really be That's... the way. They'd... And so then, I don't know, like maybe, so maybe we get lucky. Maybe they do. I I, I mean, I guess I don't want to be rooting for, for regulation, obviously. But uh, in terms of Monero, um, maybe it works out where they do ratchet it up in terms of regulation, but they never go so far as banning privacy coins. I don't know. That's just. Do you think that it could possibly shake out that way, or am I just, uh, you know, daydreaming for for Monero? No, I I think you're onto something there. I think that the Monero's fundamentals and and the way it's built, technically speaking, is much more resilient to these legal attacks than many other coins. Like you said, if we are as nodes required to report on the stuff we're seeing, there's not much to report. Uh, whereas, like you said, these other coins, they've, they've got a lot of information that they might be required to share. It's a lot easier to target them because it's known where the miners are. Um, we would need, I think we would basically need to see, like you said, a direct attack on Monero, just like banning it altogether. So it's, it's going to be hard for them to like use these side backdoor channels, side channels to, to come and attack Monero and, and suppress or stop it. Um, they're going to have to come full head on. And that it seems like they haven't wanted to do that. That has been, in fact, the last thing they've wanted to do. They've, they've tried to be silent. They've tried not to highlight attention onto Monero. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think there is a lot to be said to be said for that. If they do end up attacking Monero, like straight on full frontal attack, we have very high chances, I think, in the legal system to, yeah. to repel those attacks, at least in most countries. I know that a lot of people, they kind of have this mentality like, oh, the government is omnipotent. They can do whatever they want and they'll just come and they'll screw everything up and they'll put you in chains and enslave you and yada, yada, which isn't how I see things. Yes, governments are bad. Yes, a lot of the people in government are nefarious people, but there are still rules that they have to go by. And while they can bend and break those rules very often, they still have to deal with a lot of, there are honest people in the system. They exist. And while they might be a little bit brainwashed, I mean, I'm an anarchist, so, you know, I don't, <laughs> I just don't believe in the authority of these people, but a lot of them do want to try to do the right thing. And yep. a lot of those people in the system do uphold rights from time to time. 100%, man. There, there, there are real patriots in America, you know, whether you, you know, you think that's a, a pejorative word or a positive, you know, like there, there are people that, that believe in these ideals. Um, you know, a lot of people take advantage and you know, they get into pol politics for, for, for reasons of power, but you have these diehards. Like, look at me, like if I would have got into that seat, right, I would have been there are making these arguments. And I do believe there is a subsection, you know, the, a, a subgroup of, of our populace that 
could would hold it down. Um, I'd like to believe that. Uh, but you know, we saw tornado cash, right? We saw it happen. They sanctioned it, right? So yeah. that's why it's not that big a leap. I totally agree with what you're saying. Like technically, there's a lot of arguments to be made as to why it would be a much larger encroachment on our rights if they were to ban Monero, but they're getting closer. But I do agree with you. I don't think it would happen. I do think, um, you know, whatever Supreme Court, so something would step in legally that where the arguments would be made, and Monero uh, it wouldn't be found. It wouldn't be found to, to, to constitutionally legal to to ban it. I mean, we saw it with PGP. I don't. I just don't see how. There'd be a difference unless, you know, things that really do get crazy. You know, maybe we do see some kind of false flag, some kind of event that takes place that then gives them the uh, political will to basically take away people's rights where they're, they're okay with it. It's possible. Um, I mean, after watching everything that they did with the whole medical tyranny, I suppose anything's possible. Um, but that kind of backfired in a lot of ways. A lot of people that didn't realize the nature of, you know, they just saw ah, government's kind of incompetent and dumb or whatever. But I think with the whole uh, medical tyranny that people started saying, oh, hmm, my government, my government, wh whoever's government certainly appears to be nefarious in ways that are crucially important. And I've seen a lot of people like even my own family that, you know, I mean, they, people lo love the idea of freedom. People like, live and let live is a very popular mentality for the most part. And I saw a lot of people, including my own family that, that started realizing just what the government might be up to. And uh, it changed a lot of hearts and minds, I think in the favor of freedom. Uh, and it, it really helped expose things. I think it's going to be very hard for them to do that kind of thing in the future. Personally speaking, I actually have more hope for liberty and freedom after the whole, after the past few years, um, it, it made me more optimistic. Uh, than than I was say three years ago. That's yeah. All right, you got you got me thinking positive thoughts there. I mean, I, I look at that sometimes. It, it terrifies me because I saw how many sheep there were that just go along with it. But you're right. There there was a, a subset that that's that stepped up right that got together, pointed it out collectively, and uh, held their ground. Um, do you think? we would see the crypto community at large get behind Monero if it was, you know, a finger was pointed at it and said, we're just banning Monero. Like would, would the BTC maxis have a change of heart or would they be like, this is why we, this is why we never liked it in the first place. You know, it's, it, it wasn't uh, conducive to government regulations. <laughs> I don't know how, you know, like uh, what, what's going to happen. What would potentially happen there? Any predictions? In a lot of ways, I see the crypto community is already warming to the idea of Monero. Just the difference between today from two years ago, like, for example, on Reddit cryptocurrency, um, like it used to be like, we don't talk about Monero. Oh, it's just going to get banned and, and a bunch of negative stuff. And of course, we still had positive people in there, but maybe it was like one third positive to two thirds negative. Now it's like four fifths positive. Most people in that forum that I see talking about Monero, everyone is like fairly positive on it. Um, it's probably true that we have a lot more allies in the maximalist community than, than maybe we might think. I feel like that whole thing is just going to take time. It just takes time people to reorganize their thoughts and kind of be like, oh, okay, maybe I was, maybe I was a bit silly. Maybe I took it too far. 
Um, you know, like time, time helps in that regard. There'll probably always be some diehards and they'll never, they'll never give it up and they'll just like cling to it. Um, but honestly, I do think if we saw big attacks against Monero, we probably would see a significant number of people rise up and be like, yeah, you know, that's, that's bullshit. Let's, let's oppose this. Yeah. I think like the coin centers of the space would, would step up for sure. I would. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like they did with tornado cash. I think it, it will be a harder road to follow, but it would ultimately be a more successful road. So for example, if the government came after Monero and just like a head on assault and we had to go through the court system and we had to establish kind of like PGP mm-hmm. that, you know, our, our right to exist as a fundamental human right to, to use a communications network and encrypted communications network, that would be a harder battle to fight. It might cause price problems for us and, uh, we might have a lot of people that suffer negative consequences in the interim until we finally win that legal battle. Ultimately, winning that legal battle puts us beyond question. And I think that uh, in a very long-term sense, it could, it could even be a very good thing. Yeah, we had Zimmerman at the last Monerotopia. Um, might try to get him to attend in person for this one. What do you, what do you think? That'd be cool. That'd be cool, right? I'd have to like restrain myself to from like bugging him and asking him, you know, a thousand questions. I think we might be able to pull it off. I, you know, what I didn't realize, uh, Hal Finney was was instrumental uh, in in creating that technology as well. Hmm. I didn't know that. Either. Yeah, I, I read about that yesterday. Um, I was surprised to learn that, and I don't think I ever spoke about that with Zimmerman. I'd like to, you know get his uh, take on his interactions with uh, Hal Finney. Do you remember what aspects that was? Like, what was he involved with specifically? Uh, I'm not sure. They, they just mentioned that, you know, he was working with, essentially with Zimmerman, and I think he was the one, like, implementing the, the code. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Right? Did so Zimmerman was doing, like, the cryptography, the math, and Hal Finney yeah. was, was doing the code implementation? Yeah, yeah, for, for PGP. Nice. I didn't. I didn't realize he was that involved in that. Um. Yeah. Any other thoughts on regulation or what? What, what else we got? Any other big, big themes, big things that you could see happening in twenty twenty three? Uh with any luck, fingers crossed. Maybe we get the GUI, a production release GUI implementation for atomic swaps. Maybe we get Saray. Um, completed and finished, right? Maybe we get some of these DEXs and these alternatives popping up. That's really like, to me, that's that's one of the last major pieces that we need for virality. If we can get those going, uh, I think that we have much, if we had get better on-ramps and much less friction to get into and out of Monero, I, I think that helps us tremendously. You think, um, what is it? Sar- what do they call it? Sarai, right? Sarai or Sarai? Do you think- Sarai. I probably am mispronouncing yeah, it. Yeah, you think that's the one to really keep an eye on uh, this year? You think that will be our, our decentralized exchange solution? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I was kind of hoping we'd have one already. I, yeah. You know, my personal prediction was like that we would get uh, like the end of summer, but uh, I don't know. I mean, we've got quite a few of them out there. There's um, there's Newt's XMR and ETH atomic swaps, which I actually think is more important than maybe, I don't know, 
and it's hard to say, right? But I think that XMR ETH atomic swaps are more important than XMR BTC atomic swaps mm-hmm. because the ETH ecosystem has so much stuff people like to play in there. You get all of the stable coins when people, like for example, when Tether or whoever starts printing stable coins, that is part of the mechanism of leverage to help pump the markets. And so the moon boy in me wants closer access to those stable coins because when people get mad gains on whatever their tokens are, their ETH tokens, ultimately people like to roll those gains into other projects. And so if hypothetically we saw another bull run, we saw another uh, you know big move with printing of stable coins, if you could get from Ethereum into Monero with an atomic swap, that would, especially on um, like Uniswap or some kind of ETH decks, that would be wonderful because then you could see people rolling those, uh, rolling their their gains and rolling those stable coins directly into Monero market cap. And again, it's like, I feel like Monero is right at this point where it's like small inputs of organic buying or even small amounts of hype can really send our price uh, significantly higher. Yeah, for sure. I got. I got to reach out to her, try to get her to come to Monerotopia this year too. You're you're reminding me as as we're talking. Um, I think she's pretty close. From the last I saw, it looked like she was getting very close to being. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of like peripheral stuff to develop there, but the central atomic swap with the GUI functionality appears to be getting pretty close. So what do we we got? ETH to XMR atomic swaps. We got uh, BTC to Monero atomic swaps, which kind of I feel like has stalled like never really gained traction as being a useful tool or hasn't yet right yeah i mean it the command line version exists and um, it's usable but i don't think there's much liquidity there and i personally wouldn't use it because i know i'd screw it up i need the dumb user protections for sure and then we have uh havino being worked on hasn't launched yet there were some hip hiccups there in development and now i think i think cake like Vic took that over, right? And is funding the development of that? I think so. I think there was like a change of leadership because they tried to add Zcash. I think that was back in April. Maybe mm-hmm. it was, I don't remember when. But yeah, sometime mid year, they tried to add Zcash as like a first class citizen with Monero. And the community was like, what the hell? Like we all funded this. Right. And we understand that you're going to be a DEX for multiple different coins. But should Zcash really be on like your top, I think it was like top four, top five list? And so they walked that back, which was which was good. And then it seems like um, I think it's Eric Sion was oh, the so primary guy. You're not allowed to say his name on the show. <laughs> That's the one. We don't ban yeah, on Arrow Talk except he no. who shall not be named. I've invited him on the show multiple times, despite how much the guy hates me and how much he's pissed me off. Just to, That's great, man. That's such a difference in values. To, yeah. to like you demonstrate a difference in values because you're like. Even though I don't like you and I disagree with you, I want you to come talk to me out in the open. I would like to have this conversation. Like that's that's great. That's what we should be doing. I mean, me personally, I'm, I just he makes me so curious. Like I, I don't understand. You know what what makes him tick? Why why is he uh, such an angry? You know, maybe we, I'm sure we can find common ground. I always think there's common ground to be found, uh, especially p- among people that are working on Monero. Right? Like, how can you not see the bigger picture? Right. If we're, if we're both here for the purposes of developing this technology to make it into digital cash, how hard could it be to, to find common ground? Yeah. Um, well, it's crazy. We see a lot of developers, maybe not a lot, but we see a lot of people like I personally have significantly divergent political opinions about many other things. And I'm actually really glad they're in Monero because I don't I don't want us to become a uniculture. I don't want us to be like 
you know, the remade Republican Party or the remade Libertarian Party or whatever. I actually I'm kind of glad these guys that that have difference of opinion uh, right. are, it, it, are here in Monero. It's like cash, right? It's like the beauty of the dollar bill. Like, you you don't know who else has touched that dollar bill. It's probably, you know, um, every every different type of person, right? And uh, if, if Monero is truly going to be a global utility for those purposes, then it needs to be open and useful to all. Yeah. Um, so Havino, Sarai, we mentioned, which is being worked on. I don't, I, I, I have, I have no idea if it's, if it's, you know, could be implemented or launched this year. Um, I forget what our last combo. Thorchain, Thorchain pieced out. I guess uh, Monero is too real for them. We have Thorchain. I mean, that that's pretty much dead on the vine for Monero right now, right? So it seems like. What's funny is they were the most vocal of everyone. Like, ah, your atomic swaps are stupid and your dex is going to suck, but Thorchain, Thorchain's where it's at. And then they were like, oh, no, it's too private for us. <laughs> okay, so guys. Lame. So lame how they couldn't figure that one out. I know. Uh, what's the guy over there that uh, we might have him over at Monerotopia as well? Getting his name, I can pull it up. Um, oh, yeah, what are some of the other. Um, Potential decentralized exchange solutions for Monero. I think we kind of hit on them all. Right? I mean, what are? I think that was most of them. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry, anyone out there, if we missed your decentralized <laughs> Monero exchange solution. Oh, I didn't do my homework good enough. Had uh, Particle on. I don't know if you watched that. Uh, they launched their decentralized exchange. Um, That's and cool. Monero's integrated into it. Pretty interesting. Nice. Um. Hmm. Yeah, man. Anything else? Uh, so I think we, we covered that topic there. What else do you want to bring up in terms of things we should point out? Stats for 2022 and things to look forward to 2023. Anything else? Any, you know, Monero became number one on coin cards or very close to it. Oh, shit. Okay. I know yeah. like in the U.S. We, right? In the U.S. it's number yeah, one? Yeah, we've been... Yeah, we were like... We started the year number two, three, four... Um, it depends like on whether it's us or canada or worldwide but uh yeah we started down two three four and now we're like number one and number two across the board uh if trends continue monero will be number one on coin cards next year so that's pretty cool again more evidence of organic adoption organic usage right if you have to make a digital cash transaction more people are choosing monero mm. um yeah man anything else Movod. Movod added monero earlier this year Okay, that's big. Movod, I, I uh, VPN. Yep, yep. And uh, you know, I just saw it. Um, Howard Chu posted uh, kind of a, a synopsis of chain analysis and what happened with. Um, so there were two contracts with yes. uh, Integra and Chain Analysis. Yeah, it was an IRS bounty, and it was sort of like Monero appeared to be their number one. Um, concern like that's what they were really going after but they also had lightning network and a couple other privacy coins those contracts were both awarded and paid in full um, but it was we can't really be sure what the results were we, we don't know if they if it was lightning network based or if they developed some um, strategy to get Monero however all of the other coins that they've been able to track and surveil and develop means to to expose the chain they have offered subscriptions for, and they have not offered a subscription for Monero, at least not Integra and not chain analysis. 
Um, so it, it doesn't look like they really got anywhere with that, at least in, in terms of Monero. Um, yeah. Uh, Arctic Mind talks about the, this kind of ties into the regulation thing too, right? So like where, where a lot of this regulation is potentially stemming from are these chain analytics companies uh, that, uh, you know, want governments to implement more KYC AML, things like things of that nature, uh, so that they can then offer their services and offer tools uh, for it for these companies so they can follow the regulations. And uh, yeah, like you said, with Monero, there's there's no tool for them to offer. Um, uh, unless we're assuming, unless there's some, it's some scenario in wherein they figured out how to trace Monero, but they're not offering a tool, or I guess they would, they're doing it covertly to the government would have to be the, the argument that that's, that's being made there. Right. Yeah. It's a convenient argument because you don't have to provide any proof of it. You can just right. say, well, again, the government's omnipotent, they can do whatever and they have all the technology to beat all the encryption and, you know, it's just a honeypot and it's like, well, okay, but I see no evidence of that. Like I, 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 I can't, I don't even see anything that I can like base a speculation, you know, to run with. And I, I love doing that. I, I love taking little bits of information, trying to synthesize them, speculating on what it could mean, and then maybe trying to come to some kind of very tentative conclusion. But I don't see any of that from an era. I, I see like literally no evidence except for, um, who was the guys last year that uh, they said that they could, Hmm? Uh, Cypher Trace or something, right? Yeah, Cypher Trace. They're the only ones that have like offered any kind of subscription model for Monero. And I'm sure that like they can do some things in some edge cases. They probably poison output attacks, stuff like that. All the things that were documented in breaking Monero. So, but I don't, other than like statistical, probably like some minor statistical abilities to sometimes see that maybe this output has a higher probability of being associated with some nefarious activity, et cetera. In terms of like being able to expose the transaction graph and defeat the broad privacy of Monero, I just, I don't see anything that looks, that looks compelling in terms of evidence, even speculatively. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. <laughs> we'll see what happens in 2023. I mean, we, we don't know. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but um based on what we know from the open source tech. I mean, the thing is that the smartest, the people that would know how to do these things are the people that are building Monero, right? And like working on Monero, Monero is open source. Um, so, you know, if those people are looking at this tech and saying it can't be traced, then why would there be this other, you know, group of humans that have somehow figured out how to trace it? Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah. I think, I think once we know it's traceable, that we'll, we, we ourselves will know it's traceable. Um, I, I don't think there'd be any great advantage that anybody can have over anybody else. Uh, One thing that we saw with Lightning Network is we saw these research papers come out, or at least a few of them come out that describe the mechanisms by which you might be able to trace Lightning Network. Um, for example, in, in 2020, we saw um, a paper by Renee Pickhart, which is one of like the top lightning devs and other lightning devs. They released this paper and said, hey, you could you could probably or we were able to view um, channel balances in near real time. And then a year later, uh, we saw the we saw lightning network get added to the subscription service on um, uh, chain chain analysis. So it's like we haven't seen that with Monero. Like, where are the research papers showing that? 
Monero is susceptible to direct kinds of attacks like that. They just don't exist. So, you know, it's like you said, we should see in the academic world, we should see the evidence of this somewhere. And it's just it's just not there. All right, man. We're we're rounding out an hour. This is how long a Monero talk typically goes. I think I think we covered a lot. Anything anything on your list that that should be mentioned that we didn't throw out there yet? No, I don't think so. Let me take one more look here. But uh, oh, I wrote down John Oliver. <laughs> John Oliver did a uh, some kind of comedy piece about Monero. Uh, that was this year. It's all. I think it was this year. Pretty sure it was all a blur. Right, that's where he criticized Monero, and uh, he made some analogy with buying bathtubs, right? <laughs> human-sized bathtubs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, human-shaped, um, uh, acid-resistant <laughs> plastic tubs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a pretty classic moment. Well, that was this year. Wow, time flies. It was, it was good. I laughed. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it was very good. I'm pretty sure it was this year. Hey, man, the. Half the battle, or more than half the battle, is people just knowing that Monero exists. That's really what it's all about. That's how you build up network effect, right? People, the brand, it's like Coca-Cola. Everybody in the world knows it. Uh, Bitcoin obviously has done an amazing job at that. But if people are talking about Monero, for better or worse, it's, it's all good. All publicity, in my mind, is good when it comes to spreading a crypto uh, like Monero. Um, yeah, so let's let's round it out then, maybe with some predictions. You know, uh, whatever. If you don't want to, if you don't want to pl play the game, we don't have to. Uh, but I feel like you, you might do a pretty good job of this predicting, like price. What's your your twenty twenty three price prediction? Like the 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 top price we could see in twenty twenty three, or do you not see it as a, a year in which we'll see any new new gains? Twenty twenty three. Monero tops. Monero could double top. Maybe like three fifty, somewhere in the three fifty to four fifty range. Monero will go on a nice big fat run this year. Uh, Bitcoin probably won't do quite so well. If we made fifty thousand, I would, I'd be shocked. Uh, maybe we could make like forty thousand, thirty-five thousand. I do predict that we will have some big extended bull run. Um, probably the stock market will look like it's. It won't make new highs, but again, it'll. It'll get within shooting distance. People will think we're close. Towards the end of the year, my prediction is that the realization that the Federal Reserve cannot lower rates and they can't start expanding monetary uh, policy again until inflation gets back down to their 2 3% target, that's when the markets are going to realize, oh, crap, maybe we're still overvalued and we're going to come right back down to these same area, uh, these same lows. My prediction is that Monero won't be back down here. This is the last time to buy Monero in the low $100 range. Um, but most of these other coins, yeah, and the stock markets are going to come back down to these lows. And that will be the real test. I, I don't think I could have any like reliable prediction beyond that because we have to stop and wait and see what does the Federal Reserve say? What are the economic numbers looking like? Uh, but that's my general feel for how this year should play out in a price sense. And so that the, the broader market will have a, a, another downturn, but Monero kind of won't uh, hit a new low. Is what you're saying, right? It'll go, it'll go with, it'll downturn, but it won't be nearly as severe as the rest of the markets. And even with Monero, even versus Bitcoin, you think? I think that Monero will very likely hit the 0.1 area, the 0.01, which is one percent of Bitcoin's value. Mm -hmm. um, we will ultimately break to the upside. This should be the year that we actually do see consistent 
long-term bull market gains against Bitcoin. That chart's very likely going to keep on going. All right, man. Well, when we hit that 0.01, we got to jump on a live Monerotopia at that at that point. Would you be down? Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so price, yeah. So any prediction? I uh, prediction in terms of transaction count. I mean, do you think uh, we we see new all time highs in transaction count this year? Yeah. How much? What's our highest point? Sixty thousand. That was crazy. I think we had 60. Maybe we don't hit an all-time high transaction count. Maybe we do, but I do predict steady progressive improvement. We should we should have more transactions in 2023 than we had in 2022. I do believe that. Awesome. But that's easy. You know, that's that's not so hard of a prediction to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, yeah, let's leave it at that. We could jump into the chat. Any any other info you want to put out there? I know, you know, uh, most people already know you now from you're coming to Monero Topies all the time. I wanted you to have to do a proper Monero talk. Although I do feel like we, we still never did the the body interview. We could we could do that another time in the future, you know, where I just kind of get more of your your story. You know, this is this is focused oh, on uh, you know, if if you want to, no pressure. Um, no, that'd be great. But yeah, greatly appreciate it, man. Thanks for all the info. And yeah, anything you want to get out there before we jump into the spaces? We can do some Q and A. I just wanted to say thanks to all the all the Monero participants on Reddit uh, and the Monero sub. Um, looking through all the top posts of this last year is kind of how I put together this list. And uh, collectively, the community does a great job at capturing all the important stuff. So I just want to say thanks to everyone um, on both Reddit and Twitter in the Monero arena. Awesome, man. Uh, all right, guys, anybody listening in Monero Spaces, we're going to go ahead and jump over there. Body, thank you so much. See you on Twitter. Guys, anybody want to jump up? Ask Body a question. All right, we got Gabe requesting. Hold on a sec. Gabe, what's up? Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Man. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> I guess my question, um, just going back, I guess, to mid part of the interview. <laughs> Who would the feds go after if it went to courts? Like, um, the cool guys after, like, you or Jeff Berwick or Justin and devs? Because and, it's, it's decentralized, so I don't know who they would target. Uh, when, you say, when you say go after, what do you mean? Like, try to hold accountable for Monero? <laughs> yeah, like, um, just... When you guys were talking about how, I guess, what's going on with Tornado Cash, um, support them and whatnot, which I agree. But if, you know, what Elizabeth Warren's been saying, and if, if they directly put privacy coins in the crosshairs of the law and the state apparatus, I don't know who they would kind of go after. Just I, I don't see who they're prime target would be yeah i mean well i think that's one of the things monero does well so some of the um you know th those that do the most work on monero uh stay stay private right they don't reveal their identity but there are those whose identities have been revealed and i i guess in a worst case scenario uh they would be told that they can't work on the monero project you know, the devs, to go after the devs potentially. This is in some worst case scenario we're talking about where if they actually try to effectively 
ban Monero. Uh, I guess they'd, they'd go after the wallet providers, telling them that they can no longer provide their service, um, things like that. It would almost seem like, um, you know, going after the Hydra, right? And you cut off one head. I, I feel like our community would just, you know, sprout back in different forms, different ways, and we'd be a resilient bunch that just due to the way our we are decentralized, that I feel like it would be pretty hard for them to nail any one person down and say, yeah, we, you know, we, we got it. And I mean, I always think of, um, you know, you think of just say the drug market, like heroin and cocaine, they seem to be, they're illegal and it's a thriving business seems to be. Yeah. I mean, Monero, I would say arguably more than any other crypto would be very difficult to effectively shut down. Uh, People could still access the code, download it, run a full client, and they're participating in the network. Uh, miners can mine on their CPUs, uh, and people can send transactions. And then, you know, the devs can continue to work anonymously behind the scenes to upgrade the protocol. All right, we, we got uh, we got Body in here. Hold on. Let me make him a... Hey, sorry about that. Speaker. Yep, no worries. Sorry, boy. Did you catch any of my questions there about um, who the feds would go after within the Monero community? Uh, I didn't, but um, is that uh, – I heard you talk – I heard you say Jeff Berwick. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I was just throwing <laughs> out names. Like, I was just like, if they decided to go after someone, who do they go after? I mean, the devs? Do they go after Jeff Berwick? Do they go <laughs> Well, I guess um, like there's no one. They'd probably start by trying to go after U.S. citizens. You know, the the, the slaves, the easiest slaves to reach. Um, but I I just don't see how they could possibly do that. I don't see how any of that would hold up. Um, I don't know. I mean, if that happened, I would definitely be donating to a legal fund to try and defend whoever they attack. And although again, it would be annoying and and problematic for some period of time. After they lose, it would be over for them. They'd have no, they'd have no more chance of going after Monero after that. Which, just thinking out loud, would that be kind of the reason why they're not directly going after it? Why they're using these kind of backdoors to attack it? Because they would know, basically, any publicity is good publicity, and it would kind of blow up in their face. Would that be kind of a, a fair assessment? Yeah, I think so. That that seems to be what they're doing. I've even been surprised at how much they've covered Monero. Like, for example, um, Bloomberg and Vice picked up the, mon the money run, and uh, they published a couple articles on that. And we've seen a few other times where, like, on live or national television, they'll, they'll talk about Monero. It hasn't been often, but I'm just surprised that they did it at all. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, I, I did my best to promote it when, because, like, I'm, I'm calling from Canada here in Alberta. And I tried my best to promote it during the truckers' rally. I had my Monero flag out, our local media. I, I kind of walked was that by you? them. Well, there was some of us, but I was trying to walk back and forth when I saw the media giving coverage with my Monero flag. I had my Guy Fox mask on and whatnot, but I don't think anything got. I never saw any footage of myself with my Monero flag, but I was flying the colors. 
I feel like I saw a picture of the Canadian awesome. trucker protest and there was a Monero flag flying around there. That, that must have been you. Maybe. Doing the Lord's work, sir. Exactly. Um, Doug, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, I got onto the board of my local elected official. I don't know how it would translate down there in the States. That'd be our congressman or the equivalent of that. But anyways, um, I'd kind of like to, one of the reasons I did is that I have the ability to draft policy and have it submitted within our party to get it um basically reviewed and approved and maybe at some later time i kind of like to pick your brain on what i could write in policy from um someone that is a supporter of monero oh wow yeah yeah let's let's definitely uh talk about that on what level you're saying on the on the federal level in canada no it would be our provincial level so your guys is state level and um he's represents our city within our province our elected official and uh he's very freedom-minded but i don't know i've had a couple chats with him but i don't get the vibe that he's very well versed on crypto at all but i know just talking from other people now that i've been on the board they said you know now's a chance you know draft some policy bring it to before the board and um see what happens yeah i would love to brainstorm with you on that for sure 100 percent. what kind of ideas did you have going just right out the gate well it's kind of why i wanted to i mean i don't want to hijack the whole chat um but just rough ideas to promote um mining within the community or in in our province specifically Monero, since everyone can do it. I mean, there's, um, in one of our other provinces, Quebec, they seem to, that provincial government seems to be favorable to Bitcoin mining. So I don't see why our province, Alberta, which is kind of the, the Texas of Canada, why we can't do the same that other provinces are doing it. I've also brainstormed with a couple of my buddies about just going to our local chamber of commerce and trying to introduce, you know, Monero as payment to local businesses in and around the community. But right now it's it's just kind of ideas, just talk. So thinking out loud, um, you might start with things that are easy to get on board with. You know, start by kind of maybe reaffirming um, some of the core values, like, for example, people's right to use encryption on their computing devices, the right of people to create peer-based messaging networks, um, and then perhaps maybe even work your way towards recognizing officially that cryptocurrencies created as encrypted peer-based networks are fundamentally an expression of speech before, like, ahead of any other kind of... Um, you know, designation as money or, or anything else that fundamentally at heart, they are first and foremost messaging networks, publication, cryptography. Um, and that kind of lays the sort of legal groundwork for how it's treated in other forums. Uh, may, maybe, I mean, I'm not saying that's what we should do. I'm just saying that's, that's an idea of something you might be able to do. 
Yeah, and basically, at some point, I'd like to lay out a case on why we should do this and and promote it. I mean, um, right now, our province is probably the most hated province in Canada because the equivalent of our governor is very pro-freedom, pro-liberty. She's come out and said she is a libertarian. And uh, because of that, she's taking a stand on personal freedoms and liberty, and the rest of the country hates her. So I feel right now would be the best time to kind of present these ideas, talk about them more, and actually get them taken seriously. I guess to, to get the the local government to accept Monero for certain types of payments could be something to look into as well. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome if that could happen. But that'd be something I could uh, definitely put into um, a draft version of policy that I could present before um, the board. Yeah, maybe there'd be some arguments as to why people you know, deserve the right to, to pay with something like Monero that preserves their financial privacy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then obviously, like you said, things to help promote the adoption of Monero businesses, right? So um, I assume where you are, right, there, there's nothing stopping anybody from just accepting Monero, right, in a, in a store or business, right, in terms of legalities, right? No, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I think it would just be, you know, the easiest way for them to do it. Like, I know, I feel when I've onboarded people one-to-one, Cake Wallet seems to be the most user-friendly um, for them all, and they seem to like it. So I don't know if that's something a business could actually, if they said, okay, we're going to accept, you know, payment for, I don't know, a dozen eggs, let's say. They can easily pay it at the tail with a cake wallet installed in their their tail or their the owner's phone. I don't know how, what that would look like. Yeah. If you want yeah, to go yeah. for irony. If you wanted to go for irony, you could draft a resolution to pay your taxes in Monero. Notwithstanding. Why not? Uh, anybody else want to ask a question, jump up, say anything? Uh, especially if it's if it's related to what we were talking about. Anybody? Anybody got a question for body, a prediction for 2023, anything in 2022 that happened that we didn't discuss? Any, any major Monero news? Um, now's the time. Gabe, what, what do you, Gabe, what do you think about Monero in, uh, in 2022 and where we're headed in 2023? You have any uh, overall thoughts, predictions? Well, I'm biased, but um, I figure that I tell this to everyone is the price will probably continue to go up as long as um, our governments continue to clamp down and pass more draconian policies. I think there's a definite price relationship between that. So, but I'm, I mean, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, uh, 
using it, spending it, getting it, uh, regardless of price. Because, I mean, I, I have discussions with other people and disagreements, and they tell me, well, you know, go to this coin, I made, you know, 10x. And it's like, yeah, but what what's the point of 10xing if you can't spend your money in the future? You know, you're locked out of it for based on some ESG policy, it prevents you from purchasing that, that extra tank of gas that you need for the month or something like that, right? You know, one story we tangentially missed was um, very recent. I think as of today or yesterday, Kraken announced that they're not going to be operating in Japan anymore, which is interesting. I guess they said they didn't have enough interest or usage or something like that. But yeah, they're going to be um, reversing or giving back their their operator's license in Japan. Interesting. You th- uh, I, obviously, Monero wasn't listed there in Japan, right? Yeah, so not too related to Monero, but, you know, we all like Kraken, at least more than anyone, any of the other ones. For sure, for sure. I saw that Nigeria did a 180 on their... Um cryptocurrency laws it seems like it anyways what were their previous laws i believe they tried to ban the use of cryptocurrencies and they implemented a limit or they lowered the limit of cash you can withdraw from your accounts and then today i heard from a coworker of mine that is from nigeria and he said now that they're, they're it's gone it's going to go wide open i haven't looked into that and to see if everything was telling me was accurate but he seemed pretty excited that was probably mostly charles hoskinson's you know with all of his all the outreach efforts in africa that we heard so much about from him <laughs> would love to do an interview with him any response? I remember you reaching out to him a little bit. No, no, he hasn't responded. Um, I see some new, kind of new accounts, faces, a lot that I've never seen in the Monero. But any of you guys want to jump up, ask a question about Monero? Make I just want a crazy outlandish prediction for next year. Come on. Yeah, anything you got. Uh, I put Monerotopia.com link in the bird's nest. So anybody that is listening that's – that's kind of new to this community. We're doing a conference, Monero conference down in Mexico City in May. So if you want to check that out. Um, otherwise, I'll, cl- I'll close it out here, I think. If nobody else has got anything anything new to say. I think it's just us. I guess just one more question. Um, can you explain what Seraphis is, is going to be able to do? Um, yeah, so it's... Um... The main thing that everyone's focused on is the ability to add more decoys to or increase the ring size. Right now, as you increase the, the ring size, you get this like one for one increase in the box size. Whereas Seraphis enables you to increase the ring size, but it's only just marginally more block size to do so. Um, it behaves as a logarithmic function um, so that it like, like let's suppose you wanted to add 128 um, ring members, it would only cost, you know, some fraction of that to be able to, uh, to add that many ring members. So essentially that's kind of the weakest part of Monero's, um, cryptography obfuscation is the fact that we're limited in how many people can be included in a ring. 
from a purely theoretical standpoint, if you could do something like Sash does where you take from the entire um, shielded pool, it could be anyone in that pool. That's really the ideal. Um, but unfortunately, ZK snarks um, aren't necessarily the easiest to implement. If it requires a trusted setup, there's a bunch of trade-offs there. So um, increasing the ring size is kind of one of the, one of the major pieces that um, would make Monero significantly more future-proof. Um, so that's what the Seraphis is supposed to do. It also makes multi-sig much easier. It requires a new addressing format to do so. Um, and then there's a few other, like, uh, there's a few other benefits that go along with that. It might be the case that if we get very large Monero adoption, we might not be able to go to 128 um, ring size. It might, we might have to settle for something like 64 or maybe like 32 or 40 or something like that, simply because the verification times take a significant amount of CPU. And you don't want a chain that's so large that you need like a 96 core processor just to catch up to the chain. Um, so there's kind of trade-offs in, in that realm. Um, personally, I, I tend to think that like, if you're not already running a Monero node, let's let's suppose between now, starting in the next five or ten years, okay, you might really have to um, you might really have to to throw some big resources to catch up to the chain. Um, but that's not really such a big deal either, right? I don't I don't see that as being a big problem. Um, because most people that are going to run nodes are already running nodes. If you really, really need to run your own node that's not pruned, for example, not a pruned node, um, you can you can spend the money to do to use those resources if you really need to do that. But moreover, you can do things like checkpointing the chain, which we already do, but you could expand that theoretically to checkpointing the chain in a in a different kind of way, where you basically just download the chain up to a certain block. And, um, and then you can perform a hash of that block or like some of the developers can, can sign that entire um, download uh, much, much the same way that you would verify like the Monero wallet when you download it. And this is just kind of my ramblings. Probably some developer will tell me why I'm wrong <laughs> and they will probably be right. Uh, but it's an, like there are ideas, there are ways of getting around this. But anyways, um, overall Seraphis is just increasing. It helps us to increase the, the ring sizes without massively expanding the sizes of blocks. And um, it has a bunch of other cool stuff in there as well that uh, I don't know, I'm not as familiar with it as I'd like to be, but that's the short version. I think the other thing to note is that it's effectively is going to be more modular. So it may, may make upgrading easier in the future in terms of upgrading, uh, you know, ring how we obfuscate the sender perhaps replacing uh ring signatures completely in the future and any idea when it be pulled out roughly we're still looking at um easily two years maybe two or three years in the future uh they're still specking it out basically and doing the preliminary tests okay that's awesome Anyways, guys, I'm going to get going. I'm just heading to a jujitsu class, so chat with awesome. you guys later. All right, Gabe, thanks so much. Yeah, we're, we're going to close it out here. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening in. Uh, we, in fact, pretty much do um, the Monero Talk show every week, and then we do a Monerotopia show on the weekends, and we, sh we now stream them both on Twitter. So hope to see you guys in the future, in 2023. Body, thanks so much, man. Greatly appreciate all the insights, as always. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate you having me on the Narotopia. All right. Cheers. Later. Bye, guys. Hi, Monero Land. 
Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to Live for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or CakeWallet send address field to send us a tip. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being back next week.